0: Welcome to the SEND Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training and performance.
1: Welcome everyone to the next episode of the SEND Nutrition Podcast. You're with your host, Brian, today, and I have Dr. Lena with us to deep dive into a subject that is quite overlooked for horse owners, but can have a really significant effect on their health. And it's simply, what does head height tell you about your horse's health? and mental state and dr lena will describe how your horse's head carriage is so important for their health and this is going to be quite fascinating because it's something i've half overlooked in terms of looking at a horse physically and this this whole structure and its impact to their overall health and well-being and i hope our listeners can take something from this so how are you dr lena
0: i'm very well thank you brian
1: That's great and I think we'll get straight into it. So how does the head carriage of your horse affect its health?
0: Well, Brian, it's a really fascinating topic and um, I've been around horses basically all my life and I never realised how important it is to pay attention to, especially when horses are resting in the stables or in the paddocks, where their head position is. Um, We'll go a little bit deeper into it in work as well but i think just a resting state is really important so the head carriage of the horse has a huge influence on the whole horse's body and if you start just with the front of the horse um, so the head itself the higher the horse carries its head the more pressure it puts on its jaw and also on its hyoid and on the back of the pole so if a horse is not very relaxed and settled in its environment, it puts pressure on these structures. The reason that's important is, um, is very basic. So the hyoid is basically the tongue bone that holds the larynx open and um, helps with, so if we say fracture a hyoid, your horse can suffocate because the larynx can collapse. And it's also important because to the hyoid, there's muscles attaching that attach, um, go from the height and go then to the shoulder. So it'll affect movement of your shoulder. So that's one of the things that a lot of people are very aware of when they ride. That they say the horse can't extend through the shoulders properly. And it can be a um, reason that the horse is just holding its head too high all the time. And um, the other thing is when the horse holds its head too high, it puts pressure on the um, TMJ, so it's jaw, and so when the horses, the way the horses chew, they have to basically release the TMJ and put the jaw down and forward, and if that's all tight, they can't chew properly, and you'll get teeth issues. But they also can't chew enough to be able to basically chewing is a pre-digestion, right? So if you creating that
1: saliva, exactly.
0: Well, it's creating the saliva, but also breaking down the the grains or whatever we feed it. Mm. So we need the saliva to buffer the stomach, but we also need the basically the grinding of the food to make it easier on the digestive system and get the best out of the food. So if that's not Mm. happening and not happening properly, then we have issues there, and also we can create you know hooks and rams and stuff like that in the mouth, where the teeth cause um, lesions in our gums and things like that. So that's a really basic thing that you go, yeah, okay, that makes sense. If the horse is affected by that, that'll have a big impact on the rest of the horse's health. Um, and when you say, so when we talk about the head height, what most people think is a normal head position for a horse is actually too high a head position in rest. So the position should be that the ears are about with a height. So most horses, even when they rest, carry the head too high. One of the other things that is influenced by that is... um, So we we said about the production of saliva and, you know, the relationship to stomach ulcers. So we have that um, horses that are stressed carry their heads too high. So this is relating back to the mental state. So horses are too alert all the time, so they're always a little bit on edge, which also has an influence on the stress levels of the horse, which also has an influence on stomach ulcers and hindgut ulcers. The other thing is... so. We're starting, so there are a lot of different things. So I'm just going to yeah. go through them bit by bit and we're sort of going to try and unravel it a little bit yep. to see um, what how how it influences the whole horse.
1: Yeah, so anatomically, when a owner looks at their horse, you gave that sort of general observation of the ears to the wither. Is there another step where they can do this? Because as you've said, it, it's going to have a really significant impact on the performance and the movement of the horse and can they get this right
0: yeah so if the horse is comfortable they will drop their heads to that height so their ears will be about wither height and that will is basically in a biomechanically neutral position so the horse is um, everything is basically resting in a happy place and they don't need a lot of muscle work to stand upright the higher the head goes the more problems we have when they're resting so you can tell if your horse has got a lot of issues we spoke earlier about the subtle signs of pain head carriage is one of those signs that have is such a big marker and we don't realize how much it actually tells us about the state of mind the mind and the state of body the horse is in you know whether the horse is in pain or not so the head um, carriage will be higher the more sore the horses but also more stressed
1: to horses yeah so my understanding is when you see a performance horse in show jumping a question even the race horses if they have a degree of pain they will hold that head higher mm-hmm. at points that's correct it's not nice to see but it's a it's one indication where the owner has to realize and check out the horse thoroughly what is going on yeah, and where's then it coming from and then address that yeah point
0: and it could be um simple things like, you know, he might not like his um, stable neighbour or he, the paddock might or something that they are stressed out because of that. Or it could be that the horses are on high alert because the training regime is maybe stressing the horse out too much or it's not fed the proper diet. But about 80% of, or maybe even 90% of the horses I see, the underlying issue is pain.
1: Well, So in this whole region of the horse, there is a scientific term that I'm not going to say but I'll let you elaborate on it. So the,
0: the whole, basically everything in front of the shoulder of the horse is um, called the stomatogenetic system. And it's so important. So it's gotten one term for the whole region because it's so important for everything in the horse's body. As I said before, so anything from chewing the food properly and having enough saliva to um, affecting the movement of the front leg through the connection, muscle connection from the hyoid so your tongue bone to your shoulders... So that's one of the aspects. The other aspect is that the higher the horse carries its head, the more pressure it has on the back of the pole. So the, basically the area behind the ears is what is commonly called the pole. If we have a very high head carriage, that pole area gets a lot of pressure. And when you ha- if you ever had a chiropractor out to your horses, that's an area that gets adjusted a lot. And mostly because... When I did my chiropractic course, it was labelled as an area number one, so the most important area. Also the sacrum and the SI joint is a number one area. So these areas are the most important areas and have the biggest influence on the horse's performance. So if your pulse out, then what that means is it causes the horses a lot of discomfort and it can cause you problems with even putting a halter on, brushing the horse around the ears, making it head-shy, having contact issues, so if you're hired or your pole's out, you can have contact issues, your jaw's is out, the horses don't want to take the contact. So that's some um, training issues that you can have in that area there. Um, very inconsistent contact is usually a hired issue and that horses don't want to move into the contact and are relaxed on the bit. But then the other thing is too, a lot of people will have heard of kissing spines in the horse's so biomechanically if the head is carried too high consistently so even when the horse is resting it'll biomechanically push the back down so the head goes up the back goes down right so when the back goes down what happens is we've got what's called a spinous processor so basically it's a bony extension from the vertebra that come up and we can see them really clearly through the wither So they're really long spinous processes that we can actually see. And you can have kissing spines in that area. And kissing spines basically just means that the two spinous processes that are next to each other touch each other and start rubbing, and that causes pain. So any bone-on-bone connection causes pain.
1: Yeah,
0: But it can also be further back in the horse's um, back, so in the lumbar area. And because when the head comes up, the back drops down – the horses brace through the lumbar area to try and stop the rib cage from dropping down and forward, basically, in between the shoulder blades. So they brace through that area, and that can also cause this kissing spine issue. So the horses are not engaging their core and lifting themselves up. They're basically sagging in between the shoulders, and everything sort of drops down and the head is up. So if you pull your head up and forward and make your shoulders really stiff and sort of pull them back and push your chest out, that's what they're doing.
1: Wow. Is surgery required for kissing spine?
0: There is a surgery that you can do. The problem with that is if you just address the symptoms of the kissing spines, then you will run into issues because you only address the symptom, you don't address the underlying cause. So the underlying cause is um, nine times out of ten some kind of pain somewhere else in the body and that's why the horse carry the head too high or carry themselves incorrectly and then that causes the kissing spines, which then, if it's the only thing that we address, the horse will just compensate somewhere else or they'll come back.
1: Can a top-level performer that has kissing spine post-surgery come back to that top level? Have you seen...?
0: They Yes, they can, but I think I would probably try, especially if it's a performance horse, to try and avoid the kissing spine surgery and try and rehab them in other ways and um get them to biomechanically use their bodies more correctly and treat the underlying cause of what's actually causing the kissing spines in the first place. Uh, Surgery is always the very last option for this sort of thing because one of my clients put it very, very clearly, you can't unscramble an egg. Mm. Once you go into things, you know, surgical intervention is always something where you cut things away and you do damage to tissue and it's not a miracle cure, so it, yes, you can have complications as well, but you can also um, run into issues where it'll cause permanent damage to the area and might make the horse unrideable because of it. So if you have any other option, then use that first, and if that's not working, you can always go down the surgery track after.
1: So the kissing spine condition, is that a genetic condition or, or brought on by that improper movement
0: it's uh, it's a biome- Yeah, it, no, it's a biomechanical issue. So okay. um, the way the horses hold themselves, it can be caused by a conformational fault. Okay. So yep. if the horses have a conformation issue, that can be co- uh, causing that's it. That's breeding. The track. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But um, more often than not, it's just the way they hold themselves, and um, that's usually caused by pain. Yeah, and just developed over time. Yes, exactly. Yep. It's just um, you know over time that the because the spine processes start rubbing. And that causes pain and, you know, you have horses where they, they start bucking, they they don't want you to mount, they all this sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, and get a bit agitated before a performance. Yes,
0: and they can get very agitated and they can even get to the stage where they completely lose it and start running through fences and stuff yeah, because wow. of the pain.
1: That's of particular interest to us because we do consult a lot of racehorse trainers that um, we have experience in the industry and observed even top-level performance horses have that condition so that's really good information dr lena we might take one another step back to what we're talking about with digestion and the chewing and the saliva production if that head carriage is improper and that whole anatomy is not working in its optimal way or function his here's a question is if your horse and I, i might not be on the right path here but if your horse is a poor doer or a hard doer and requires a lot of calories to keep condition on, could the head height be something to look at first to see... 100%. Yeah, yeah to see the efficiency of that, and that could be the cause of your horse being a poor doer.
0: So the head height itself is you—it's a sign that things are not quite right. So it's not a cause, it's a symptom of things not going well. So that's why... I think pointing it out, and it's a really easy thing for people to do because if you go out and see your horse and see the way it's resting, it'll show you straight away whether you have an issue. And don't get me wrong, every normal horse will pick its head up to look at things, but when they're resting and quiet and really relaxed, they should go back to that biomechanically neutral stance and drop the head down to with the ears at with a height. So if you have a horse that is a poor doer, I would almost bet money on it that the head is um, too high it might some horses get to a stage where they start to carry the head too low and have it really low to the ground when they're resting because they're trying to take the pressure off their backs but that's a temporary thing they would have had the head too high initially
1: yeah well so we do have that question is your horse a good doer or a poor doer and that's one aspect that A horse owner or one of our listeners can look at if they do have a poor doer that has trouble keeping the weight on. It is only one piece of the puzzle because there's many other factors that that can be involved but as Dr Lena outlined it's that efficiency with the function of that whole anatomical area that needs to be looked at.
0: Well if you want to know you know any dentist you get out will tell you about the position of the jaw and that it has to drop down and forward to for the horse to be able to chew the food correctly and also, you know, a horse that's in a what's called a sympathetic state, so in a flight, fight and flight response, it will not produce saliva or not enough saliva. So if your horse is stressed when it's eating, then it won't produce enough saliva and that will again affect your digestive system, but it'll also probably not chew the food as well and really gulp it. And then that'll also cause dramas because it's not chewed properly. It can cause choke if they don't chew it enough and all this sort of stuff. So it's uh, another reason why feeding a horse in a calm environment is really important and it gives you just an idea of how important that whole area and the head carriage is because the horses have such a, it has such a big influence. I mean, um, when you look at dentists, human dentists, they learn about the stomatokinetic system as well and the area where you know tied through the neck, and that'll affect the way your jaw sits, and all these sort of things, but in horses it has such a big influence because horses chew so much, and they eat they ideally they should eat sixteen to twenty hours a day
1: mm yep yeah that's that's their physiology, and that's what they're designed to They're it's their natural urge or and it's that stomach and it's that stomach it's that gastric acid that is rising that they need to buffer on a continual basis and that that buffering comes through the digestion of long stem roughage with the saliva and then that really helps limit all metabolic conditions like colic and ulcers and, and all through that digestive system.
0: Well, and the other thing too is, Brian, when you think about it, when the horse carries its head too high and mechanically it pushes it back down, it will also brace through its stomach. So it'll tighten the muscles and if they're engaged all the time the intestines don't have enough room to move which will rec- um, reduce the mobility of your intestines and that'll really affect the way the horse can utilize the food in that's in its digestive system because it's not working 100% and it'll also reduce the blood flow because when here comes you know one of the biggie ones especially for race horses mm. is the head carriage is too high the chest drops down and forward, the ribcage tightens, and then these horses will run out of oxygen when they race because they can't inflate their lungs 100% because their ribcage is held tense. Oh, wow. So then you, know, you have these horses that in the last 100 metres just run out of puff. Mm-hmm. And if you can find the underlying cause for them carrying themselves incorrectly, you can get them to use their lungs correctly again they won't run out of steam in the last 100 metres or so.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, so it really has a really big effect on performance and not only the overall health of the horse, but yeah, getting the optimal performance and getting the best to their ability. So, Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, the, it's, it's a fascinating topic, Dr. Lena, and I think for our listeners, how do, how is it originally caused that, that head height? Is it incorrect training when younger or is it something that a horse is predisposed to from, from a young age?
0: So horses will carry the head too high or will carry a head higher if they are stressed. That's one of the things. So, you know, when we look at, again, racehorses. horses, they're not born that way. They're not born that way, no. And you you look at racehorses, again, the environment they grow up in can be very stressful um, from a very young age. The problem is that if you have the wrong training, that can affect things as well. But in general, it is an underlying pain issue that develops that the horses are uncomfortable and they just hold themselves off their front feet usually and just brace themselves off the front end. So it doesn't have to be a foot issue. It can be you know legs anywhere, shoulders, any joint yeah, exactly. in the front end um, can be lower neck issues because of the way they are ridden, um, because if you have consistently too high a head carriage, it puts a lot of stress on your l- nuclear ligament, which is the biggest ligament in the body. It goes from the back of the head to the withers and you can feel it in the horse. It's really thick and from there you've got a laminar connection that goes from the nuclear ligament to the um, cervical vertebra, to through, so to the basically the spine in the neck and if the horse carries a head too high constantly that um, lamina starts to detach down low and that um, makes it easier for the horse to drop the rib cage and the lower um, neck down and forward. So then they have to engage the muscles to try and hold it instead of ligaments holding it. And yeah, well. that makes it really prone to having issues in that lower neck region that can, down the tra- track, maybe not be fixed. Um, so things like malformations of the cervicals, we now believe that it's actually not caused by a genetic problem, but it's caused by um, head carriage.
1: So... What you're saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, if if a horse can perform at the top level with an incorrect head carriage and is coping with it, then down the track later on in life it's going to be greatly affected. Yes, definitely. Unfortunately.
0: Unfortunately. And one of the things, so, you know, we've spoken about the front end and um, all the way to the lumbus now and how it affects the breathing and stuff, but it'll also affect how a horse can engage its back end so when you think about um, any horse, from a racehorse to a dressage horse, a show jumper, a uh, camp drafter, every horse needs to be able to engage that hind end for speed, but also, say, when they were cattle to brace back there, and the SI joint, the connection between your sacrum and your pelvis, basically, is so important because it's the bony connection between your spine, uh, spine and the rest of so the hind legs, so if it's it basically hangs in there, so the spine hangs um, and attaches to the pelvis in there. And what happens is that if the head is carried too high and the horse offloads onto the hind end, because that's what happens. So instead of carrying uh, about eighty percent on the front end, it'll start to offload onto the hind end. It will change the pelvis angle, and that'll put strain on your SI joint. And these are the horses that you have the chiropractor back out all the time and it's always out in the SI joint. And if that's the case, then you're treating the wrong area. You need to find why it's always out there, unless wow. it's had an injury there. Mm-hmm. But it can, can't engage, so it falls out the back maybe when you're asking it to out to um, engage the hind end. It can't carry the weight, doesn't have the strength, it might drop a hind leg. Um, the race horses can't build up enough propulsion in the hind The camp drafting horses can't sit enough. They're not quick enough to move from side to side because they can't roll back onto their hind end enough because it's already so overloaded.
1: Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's incredible. So with all this knowledge now of that head height, is there anything our listeners can do to their horse now if if it is holding its head too high?
0: Find out where it's coming from and why, what's the underlying cause? Is it stressed? Is the environment stressing my horse? Am I um, maybe training it incorrectly? Is there something I can improve there? So any training, regardless of what kind of training, allow the horses to stretch down and help them to release that head and neck a lot. Don't just you know ride around in complete collection if you do dressage for half an hour, 45 minutes. There's no need to do that. Even if you ride dressage tests, they are, what, three, four minutes long. You don't need to ca- have them in that complete carriage for that long you can give them breaks in between. If you uh, you know, teach any younger horses, let them stretch out and forward. Mm-hmm. They don't need to drag their noses on the ground. Give them that ears at wither height to stretch them out the front. Let them have the head for a minute or so, then bring them back into work frame, then let them stretch out again. Uh, that's one of the things that really helps. And make sure you don't feed them too high. So you know, hay nets often hang very high so the horses have to feed at with a height or higher you want horses feeding low on the ground for most of the time um yes they will occasionally if they're in the wild eat a little bit of stuff in the trees but mainly they'll have their heads on the ground so feed them low to stretch the top line out and for them to engage the core and other than that if you can't find anything wrong with all these things so you think your training is on the right track um, your tack is a big thing. Look at your tack if it's fitting correctly. The environment is good. The horse is not stressed. There is an underlying pain issue.
1: Yep, It yep. can't be seen and it has to get to the bottom. Yep, bottom exactly.
0: It. Try and find. Try and find out what's going on. And if you can't find answers with the people you have around you, find other people. Yep.
1: Second opinion. Yeah. Third opinion. Fourth opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's fantastic advice, Dr. Lena. And I hope this can enlighten some listeners to to try and get the very best out of their horse in their performance whatever discipline you're in but looking at your horse even closely they're an amazing animal and we really think that there's so many pieces to their puzzle of looking after them in their optimal health and yeah these hopefully these podcasts can help people look at things a little bit different way and plant the seed to getting a better athlete overall in the form of a, a more pain-free athlete, but a better functioning one, physically. So, yeah, we thank Dr. Lena again for for this advice. Was there anything else? That you No, I add?
0: think just—it's just one, as you said, one piece to the puzzle, and just a really easy way to see if my horse is consistently standing like this with a head too high. Find out why.
1: Yep, yep, no, that's that's fantastic. So, we'll have another podcast to you very soon. Please reach out to us on the Send Facebook users group it's uh, there's a lot of activity on there and we love seeing the feedback with all the send products and all your support even any questions fine on there um, you'll get it answered if you need more tailored advice feel free to ring the send HQ phone number or get in contact with us through the website and we can give you a call back and yeah we'll, we'll have another podcast for you very soon and thanks for your time Dr Lena.
0: Thank you Brian thank you for having me.